Welcome to the 9th Amazing Race 26 recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is the Canadian who wouldn't dare run around the Andes looking for a virgin, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. Afternoon. Nice uh, off-the-wall one for you there, Logan. <laughs> That's what I had written down my notes. I thought I would be the only one to point that out. But, uh, yeah, at least somebody else caught on. At least I'm not the only one. You know full well that I love a inappropriate out-of-context quote from any racer. And that was one of my favourites of the season. I think I screen capped that one as well. You can tweet us using the hashtag Yattencast or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So, another week and another very predictable elimination for us. Yeah, we pretty much uh, got this spot on, almost spot for spot. I will quote from last week. Lauren, Tyler and Matt and Ashley, front runners. Hmm, bottom two next week? Just saying. Called it completely. Except for the U-turn part. We didn't get the U-turn part, yeah, right? Yeah, I was quite surprised by that, but, you know. Then again, not surprised because they can't risk a third U-turn, because that would be silly. They're so averse to change. It's slightly irritating. They just can't change something up and change the non-elimination penalty, which is getting on my nerves again. They changed everything else up this season. The things that we didn't want changed. Well, I've advocated the introduction of Stranger Teams for a while, but other than right. that, yeah. So previously, five teams raced to Amsterdam. Matt lost his clumpen at the roadblock. Uh, Blair and Haley fought. Tyler showed off at the detour while Mike and Rochelle shuffled to a fourth place. Uh, Laura and Tyler won the leg and Matt and Ashley were saved via non-elimination. And teams must now fly to Trujillo in Peru and find Plaza de Armos, as Zelda would call it, to join a fireworks festival and get departure times for the morning. Teams are worn to monitor their Fitbits and they get... $148 for this leg of the race. We get a monetary announcement? We do. Right after we complained about it? It's almost like editors are watching us. What if they are? Do you think they are? <laughs> I would love it if they are. <laughs> if an editor is listening, send me an email. Because I want information. Well, no, that would ruin the whole fun for them. They're probably listening to this podcast and editors hearing, Oh, wait, this random guy from England and a random guy for Canada want the monetary dispensements for this leg of the race to be announced, what the hell will just throw that in there just to appease them? If anyone important is listening, please get rid of the speed bump. Please get rid of the double express pass permanently. And please bring back fast forwards every legs, because Logan otherwise will have to go on reality roundtables and complain about it. <laughs> yes. Despite the fact it's ten years, get over it. <laughs> And it was Lauren Tyler at 12.40am, departing in first, Blair and Haley at 1.07, Jaylani and Jenny at 1.20, Mike and Michelle at 1.30, and Matt and Ashley in the last place at 2.27. But before that, we get another Haley and Blair unaired flashback. They like doing the unaired flashbacks this season, don't they? Yes, it's like, this leg doesn't have enough content, so let's go back to something that happened on the previous leg that we didn't air, and air a one-minute clip there instead. And uh, oddly enough, it's not so much a flashback to the arguing, but rather a flashback to do a close-up of Haley's helmet once again. One of our favourite bits of last week's episode. Only beaten to the punch by Tyler doing his James Bond impression. I love that Haley w went into Pianta mode again when she did her imitation of Blair. <laughs> but seriously though, like, did you hear how Bailey or how? Well, I combined the two names. How Haley Im imitated uh, Blair. Hashtag Bailey, hashtag BFFs. <laughs> that's, their, that's their new team name, Team Bailey. Anyway. 
We get to celebrate a birthday in this episode. We do, and it's completely glossed over, because it's mentioned exactly twice. Yes. Laura's 30th birthday! She's Dirty 30! Just like Survivor Worlds Apart, I thought that was an incredible connection, that the Survivor Worlds Apart cast constantly uses the hashtag Dirty 30 to refer to their season. And here we are, Laura, months earlier, pioneering that, but because she had to wait for filming to end, that uh, she completely misses out on it. Now she just looks like a copycat. Or a copy unicorn. Yeah, Dirty is a great um, description of some of the gameplay in this season of Survivor. And also, Dirty is probably a great place to describe the places that Laura and Tyler went to for Laura's 30th birthday. Yes, it is. And, fun fact, when the press images were released, the image of them drinking beer in Amsterdam was actually labelled as a date night. That was a date night? Well, it was labelled as it. It wasn't. Who did win date night last leg? Wasn't it Jaylani and Jenny? No, I think they won this week. Yeah, I think they've won two in a row. I think they got it at the roadblock in uh, Amsterdam, if I'm not mistaken. Another response to what we said last week was that we really wanted to see if a team would just get drunk uh, during one of the tasks. And sure enough, Laura and Tyler appeared to be excessively drinking (laughs) to celebrate Laura's 30th birthday. We didn't get the... We didn't get the full-on drunk, uh, you know, the the usual drunkenness, but uh, I we just need one team in a future season to just get absolutely smashed during the pit stop. Get wasted. Actually, it did happen once, now that I think about it, in the Amazing Race 2 at the South Africa pit stop. Yeah, they were at a vineyard, weren't they? Yeah, Alex and Will both got drunk and started yelling at Russell. Calling him a troll, getting Courtney Yates to do impressions of him. Yes, that's the Russell I was talking about. Russell Hans, in fact, used to be a church minister named uh, married to somebody named Cindy on the second season of Amazing Race. With a C. Cindy with a C and a Y. Uh, and fun fact, that won't be the only Survivor Redemption Island reference in this podcast. Or Big Brother Canada. Yeah, true. And Laura and Tyler also get the traditional, we don't need to look for other flights, at it. Haha, you should have. <laughs> that's pretty much the reaction that that type of uh, situation triggers for viewers is ha you're stupid moving on idiots that will be a flight it's got the line kink you're dumber than people who spit on potatoes they missed a flight and we're laughing at him <laughs> yes there's margie just watching all the internet comments of people making fun of lauren tyler not checking for fights and then here she is saying, they've been trying to check for the best flights, <laughs> but they we're laughing at them. And that's just true. They've had to put up with missing flights their whole life, and they don't, and they, they don't need to hear it from you. I would love to hear Margie's reaction to the internet's hate for Haley. actually. wonder if she just joins in, like the one time that Margie breaks character, and she just cusses out Haley. She's laughing at her. The tables have turned. And it's Blair and Haley and Jelani and Jenny who get on the first flight, which gets in to Trujillo ten hours before the rest of the teams. Despite Blair being a Debbie Downer. Despite Blair being a Debbie Downer. I'd actually say that this was a great week for Blair and Haley, despite the fact the internet obviously hates her. And, oh, she can't show herself to be assertive without being a bitch. Pretty much. And... That's supposed to be sarcasm, by the way. Uh, we're actually making fun of the viewers and not Haley. Yeah. For the record, we love Blair and Haley. We love Mike and Roe. I'm kind of indifferent on Laura and Tyler because they have attacked both of my favourite two teams. But Ray Charles glasses. But our two favourite teams this season were obviously Jeff and Lyda and Holly and Jonathan. 
because of how over-edited they were. Yes. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up on their over-edit. We're not going to give up. And fun fact, CBS are going to reveal a twist at the end of the next episode, which allows viewers to actually vote on which team should be given a revival pass and join the final leg. Jeff and Lyda will win. I thought Dan would just get to decide on two teams to not be eliminated next episode. Well, it's super fun math. There's one other scene that they had in the Netherlands that I thought was hilarious uh, this week, is that when they are in the travel agent's office, if you look in the background, the travel agent as a picture of a dog wearing a Santa Claus hat. And because we're watching this in May, it makes no sense. But when you think about when the season was filmed, it makes perfect sense that there's a guy that has a Christmas-themed uh, calendar with a dog wearing a, a Santa Claus hat. I just love the fact that they thought it was a good idea to keep a travel agent open at, like, 2 in the morning. He looked like he, it was 2 in the morning, though. It's Europe. You don't really need to have a travel agent. You could have probably done it all online or go straight to Schiphol, which is a huge airport. Yes, they could have used Ask.com and plug in that other sponsor and find the best flight. Logan, it's AOL, obviously. Right. They need to check their AOL email to find their reservations. Right, I forgot that this is race and not treasure hunters. And uh, when they land in Trujillo, they find out that Plaza de Almas is a overnight rest stop, with Jelani and Jenny and Blair and Haley both leaving at 7 in the morning. Did uh, the producers actually expect everyone to be there, or did they just kind of know there was going to be a bit of flight trouble? I assume they knew there was a bit of flight trouble, and probably just thought, eh, this is a good way to somewhat equalize teams, because it was pretty much identical to the situation we had in Thailand earlier this season. At least it wasn't selfie sticks. At least it wasn't selfie sticks. That is a good point. I think they, I bet there were so many more selfies or selfie involvement at pit stops and stuff that a rip took place during filming, but because of how much of a flop it was within the first couple episodes, that they're pretty much being erased from memory. I kind of love the fact that if editors do listen to us, that we are actually having a slight impact on making this season good. Yeah. Where's our, where's our paychecks? We're consultants. Seriously, guys, if anyone at Amazing Race wants to contact me, you can do. I would happily take a job with you guys. But then you couldn't be on The Amazing Race England, which will premiere, I think, in about 2025. It's already on Netflix Gold Premium Plus Logan. How many callback jokes have we done in about the past 20 minutes? I feel like we're at. I feel like we've wrapped up about 20 to 30. We have a, we have no new content. We're like we're like the American version of Big Brother. We just got no more ideas left. At least that joke isn't one that actually we created. It's from previously on Survivor. At least we just kind of lovingly stole it. And in the morning, teams now have to head to Plazuela de la Merced and search for their morning shine. Caution, speed bump, and llamas ahead. I bet Laura wished that this was at night so she could find her moonshine, but uh, sadly, the drinking games have come to an end. Hey, the moonshine happened at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, um... And uh, we finally find out they were traveling for a long time. 42 hours of travel, I believe? I think it was about 20 hours. I don't think it was 42. At least I don't remember it being 42. Hmm. Because I think that's something that Blair said when they landed in Peru. Actually, no, the travel agent, they said it'd get in tomorrow at 10pm or whatever it was. So Blair is wrong, again. We need to point it out. Blair is wrong about everything. 
Yeah, like uh, he thought the Canucks were going to win here in the NHL playoffs in four games, but really the Flames took it in six. It was just another, just one bad prediction after another for Blair. He thought the L- LA Kings were going to make the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs this year. That was my one current Stanley Cup reference, given that my experience with Stanley Cup is the Boston Bruins bribing me with cakes to support them in 2013. If only they nicknamed themselves the Boston Cakes. Much more fitting. Actually, true story. If I woke up in the morning, I would still have a headache from the guy who was playing the symbols the night before at the at the route marker when they dispensed the departure times. Yeah, it was a bit of a noisy festival, wasn't it? Symbols and trumpets. The trumpets I would have loved because that would bring me some happy Lou Bega memories. But and then we get fireworks. This is the third case of fireworks this season. If it didn't happen on date nights, uh, we could have had that be the memory task. Yeah. Do an Amazing Race uh, 17 style. Here's all the fireworks that you've ever seen on the Amazing Race. Pick out the ones you've actually seen this season. Hardest memory challenge ever. And in our biggest advantage of the season so far, Blair speaks Spanish. Major advantage for them. This is the first linguistic advantage we've had so far this season. Yeah, I think it is. And Laura and Tyler and Matt and Ashley both get confused by locals and end up heading away from the clue box at Plazuela. And it won't be the first time this episode of that happens. And in maybe the best culturally themed speed bump of all time, that is completely and utterly not themed to culture whatsoever, Matt and Ashley, in exchange for surviving the last leg, have to type up a loan application for a llama. And this is the second speed bump in just three seasons that has used a typewriter. Who would ever expect that a typewriter would be the most frequently used item in a speed bump in recent memory? Seriously, guys, if this is what you are coming up with for speed bumps, ditch them now. What? I'm waiting for, like, the TAR-27 where they use a typewriter and they have to uh, install the keys on it. Now, that would be difficult. I know you mocked me for suggesting this yesterday, but seriously, bring over the handicap from Amazing Race Norway. That means you don't have to have a set... You have to do an additional task. Could be an additional requirement to a task. Could be a forced U-turn, for example. Instead of spinning on on 20 potatoes, you have to spin on 40 potatoes. Exactly. I mean, in, in that case, it could have been if Matt, Matt and Ashley pick Pappas, they have to do they have to sort through five lots of potatoes. Something to make it interesting for us. Instead of, you know, this. This utterly ridiculous, let's include animals, but, you know, not necessarily task. Yeah, I thought they'd have to leave the llama somewhere. I do love, though, that Tyler and Laura were so made so many assumptions regarding the Amazing Race that they thought, oh, you know, llamas and typewriters, that's got to be the detour. Does the llama's presence mean that we might get an animal-related memory challenge? Just thinking about it. Have we had animals in previous uh, legs of the race? Namibia, definitely. Oh, yeah. Namibia is the main one. Maybe not. There's, there's a better suggestion for a memory challenge coming. They haven't said hello or goodbye at all, have they? No, that was another horrible uh, memory challenge. It's also a horrible band or song. Song. It's a horrible song. I would never hear you say negative things about Hello Goodbye when you are from the country that produced B44's Get Down. <laughs> and is responsible for Nickelback. Yeah, someone had to bear the, the diseased music. And for that matter, Justin Bieber. You are personally responsible for Justin Bieber without any of the monies. Mm-hmm. An outbreak of Bieber fever. And once teams get the clue from the Shushan stand, they have to now travel to cartel number one at Fundo San Fernando to find their next clue. Caution date night ahead. Yes. Oh, and another amazing local that we also see by this point is that in the morning when the Tyler and Laura and Matt and Ashley get into Peru, 
is that the master of ceremonies has the sweet one of the sweetest mustaches that we've seen on the amazing race in quite some time and he had to just sit there all night bless him he probably just spent the whole night just cultivating the perfect mustache until team showed up it's like he was sitting there for 10 hours so the camera's off and then got the call that the teams are coming then in his mind he said showtime i thought we were gonna go for more offensive accents there yeah, I didn't want to do a Peruvian uh, accent. Come on, Ben's not here this week. You need to do an offensive Peruvian accent. I think we'll uh, have the opportunity to do still further along in this podcast. Maybe. And Jenny apparently has never been on a farm before. And neither has Giovanni. The city slickers. Yes, minus Billy Crystal. So at the uh, cartel, it is a roadblock, and it's who wants to take charge in their field. In this roadblock, one team member must use a machete to cut down a row of sugar cane to receive both their next clue and a bundle of harvested canes to take to their next route marker. Wish we could harvest Dean Cane. That'd be the type of cane that I think deserves to be harvested. If Smallville taught me anything, it'd probably have uh, meteor rocks in it. <laughs> and it's Jenny, Haley, Mike, Tyler and Matt doing the roadblock. And Jelani and Jenny also get the date night, entitling them to a spooky evening with a mummy. Yes, a day night, a, yum, a yummy dinner with a mummy. Which is not to be confused with the yummy mummy, which is the nickname that Mike has for Rochelle. I know we do occasional fake podcasts. I don't think we could have ever made up a date night clue like this. We go for the double date night twist instead of a yummy evening meal with a mummy. Maybe it's Arnold Vosloo that's going to hang out with them for... Uh... Date night. Maybe it'll be uh, a, a switch back to Colin and Christie's fast forward from uh, Amazing Race 5. And just have the priest there just shaking his head in dismay as Jelani and Jenny argue over dinner. Yeah, Jelani and Jenny have to uh, transport a sarcophagus, which is then their table to uh, eat their yummy meal off. <laughs> yes, a mummification that produces a mummy so clean that you can literally eat off of it. That's, that's what they're going for. It's the, the new revolution of eating sushi off people's bodies. Eat them off a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you love uh, Laura's mishap with seeing the speed bump, but then willing to go in a taxi away from the speed bump, thinking the clue box isn't going to be there? And then Tyler being in his usual mildly douchey mode of, what? You, you, saw, you saw the speed bump. You know that's, that's where the clue box is going to be, right? And here's another lesson regarding uh, Namibian history that uh, the Germans used to own it. To be fair to them, they were probably still very hungover. Because they would have been drinking right before the flight, then drinking probably during the flight, and because it was at high altitude, that would have made them slightly hungover. They probably weren't thinking very straight. And they probably thought that with the shoe shiner besides the speed bump there, that maybe after they got their shoe shined up, that instead of receiving a clue that all they were going to get is a stick of juicy fruit. The hilarious thing is, the speed bump sign was literally on the shoeshine stand. They couldn't have made it more obvious that that was where you go to get your clue, apart from, you know, painting it in red and yellow. Yes, I hear that the, the speed bump board blends in with the Peruvian flag. It's it's the Vietnam it's the Vietnam uh, mix-up all over again. Yeah, that red and white flag. I would love it if Phil just opened a Peru leg with... An, for this leg, the normal race flags have been changed to a red and yellow flag to make them obvious against the flag of Peru, which is red and white. What we really need is a colorblind contestant that can't see red, white, or yellow, and just get completely screwed over when it comes to route markers. Well, I'm a third of that. Right. So, does the route marker flags, does that look a bit weird to you on TV, or does it look like it would to uh, everyone else? No, it looks like it would to anyone else. It's 
It's mainly red and dark colours with me. So hopefully the Mason Race England doesn't resort to your colourblind colours then, is what you're getting at. I'd shout discrimination if they ever did that to me. Like, if they post a red and black flag far away or something, I'd be like, I can't see this, you need to give me a time credit. Do you know what reference we can make there is that with a similar incident there with, I think the very first round of the Amazing Race 14 had the yodeling, and it was the very first time that they ever used an audio clue for the pit stop, and then it's the first season that they have a deaf contestant and Luke can't hear the yodeling, so essentially you would be getting the Luke treatment in that scenario. And my partner would have to shout at someone after I called someone a bitch. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, would work. Because <laughs> I probably would call someone a bitch at some point. And obviously Haley wants to take charge. She's been screaming for it for ten weeks now. And Haley is never a person who yells ever. Ever? Well, hardly ever. And it's Jenny who is first to complete the roadblock. Even though with her technique of... Uh being so clumsy, like chipping away at it, like uh, like a chipmunk just furrowing away at a at dirt. Listen, Dustin and Candace aren't back on this season. No, Dustin and Candace are being saved up for the Amazing Race twenty eight, where it's uh, Jet and Cord versus Dustin and Candace, and then Dustin and Candace get the satisfaction of eliminating uh, Jet and Cord uh, every week by uh, yielding or U turning them. And then Jet and Cord just get brought back by fan vote or a revival pass or uh, whatever the thing they used on Mason Race Australia was. Salvage pass. And then Justin and Candace just keep repeating the process and then Jet and Cord still lose in the end. Have you not heard that Amazing Race 28 is just going to be four teams, Dustin and Candice, the Globetrotters, Jet and Cord and Margie and Luke coming back? There's only going to be one elimination, which is in uh, the penultimate leg. I thought they were going to use the final four twist again. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So it's Jenny in first to complete the roadblock, Kaylee in second, Tyler in third, Mike in fourth, and Matt in fifth. And teams must now take their bundle of sugarcane to Parquet Ramon, Ramon Castillo and exchange it for the next clue. They also have to write their steps and calories so far in the leg on a card provided before the next challenge starts. At least they didn't have Da from Survivor Vanuatu to train the racers how to properly consume sugarcane. Imagine if, like, there was there was a survivor Peru, and they said, "Oh, we don't have anything around here." And then they're in the middle of a sugarcane field, and they don't know. And then Dawes around saying, "What the hell are you guys doing?" And there's <laughs> there's po- there's fields and fields of sugarcane right at your disposal. Survivor Peruvian Highlands. Yes, that actually wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea. Having it in high altitude, we'd see a lot of people throwing up. Mm-hmm. They'd have to drink that special drink from the Amazing Race 7 to adjust to altitude sickness. Yes, alcohol is it's more commonly known. Yes, that too. But Tyler and Laura will definitely, if especially it was a blood versus water theme, I think Tyler and Laura would apply for that season as a pair, along with uh, Gus. No, we don't mention Gus and Hera anymore. Not after they so cruelly lost the Amazing Race 24-7 poll. Yeah, they lost to Wendy and Karen, of all people, in that poll. Uh, so once teams get to the Parque Ramon Castillo... Uh, it's an active route info, which is Fitbit Maths. They must use the data that they recorded to work out how many steps would need to be taken to burn off a glass of sugarcane juice. When they have the correct number, they have to drink said glass to receive their next clue. And could the random items being presented to another route marker be a memory challenge? Because we also have the Salt Lake in Namibia, and I'm sure it's happened in a couple of other places as well. I could see random items being a potential uh, memory challenge. Didn't they exchange the selfie stick for their clues as well in Thailand? Yeah. They've definitely exchanged some items. Or maybe producers are just trying to throw us off as much as possible after uh, 
about 15 seasons of memory challenges now. I would be perfectly happy if they just brought back the Amazing Race 12 one and just kept adding different requirements. Because that's the sort that they can just evolve. Yeah. Or even the Hats Entertainment one. Just have pictures of the greeters if necessary. Be a good uh, trolley one to have. Maybe Haley's machete will be uh, one of the items. It's too bad that she couldn't hang on to it past the sugar cane task. Well, Blair was seriously worried about her defense in court. Oh, I thought Blair's head was a sugar cane. Yeah. <laughs> Not helping those guys when you put that in, editors. Yeah, and it also doesn't help the fact, with all the hatred directed towards Haley, that Blair has now essentially given them an alibi. So, yeah, uh, well, th- thanks a lot, Blair. You may have accidentally uh, put Haley in danger, and the killer is going to get away. So, once teams complete the Fitbit maths task, it's a detour, and it's Mamas or Papas. Mamas or Papas? Isn't that the name of, like, a 60s or 70s group? That was Mamas and Papas, but yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm 100% certain that that had to be the inspiration for this detour name. Well, it's better than Pipe or Poo. <laughs> Still not as good as my personal favourite one that Amazing Race Australia did, which you'll come to probably by the end of the year, actually, which is Guns or Rosé. <laughs> that was a great one. Uh, in Mamas, teams must search the town of Atusco for a shopping list and nine items required to make Peruvian moonshine, which they must then exchange with a sweet old lady for their clue and a glass each of the booze, much to Lauren Tyler's irritation when they found out that they didn't complete that task, I'm assuming. And in Papa's, teams travel to a marked potato field and sort through a pile of potatoes into four varieties, which they must then bring to the potato market. If they got the potatoes sorted correctly, they receive their next clue. If not, the potatoes will come crashing down courtesy of the vendor. Yeah, they have a switch. I didn't know that Peruvian markets are like that. Imagine if you left the stall that you're operating, and let's say in the next stall it's your rival, the rival potato seller, and the rival potato seller could sneak over your stall, pull the lever, and suddenly all of your potatoes are all over the streets of Peru. I understand why they included the visual of Matt and Ashley's potatoes going everywhere, but seriously, guys, it spoiled the final five. There was no question about who was going to make it to Peru, purely because of that. You could have at least just shown a close-up of the potatoes falling or something, and not made it so bleeding obvious. We got this, we got this, we got this! That was their next idea for spoiling the final five, it's just... Just a contestant saying, we got this, and you had to figure it out through the audio clip who it was. What what would have been better there is doing, we got this, but with three different races saying each word. Yes. So Haley saying we, Blair saying got, and Matt saying this or something. And Blair's Spanish obviously is very helpful in this task. It's pretty much like the Amazing Race 7 where they had the bilingual driver to find uh, King's Cigars or whatever that pl- that place was, and then the driver could just read it in Spanish. And so with Blair here, he just gets to read the shopping list in Spanish, and they have no problem finding all of these items. It's obviously not as egregious as Tammy and Victor in Amazing Race 14, with the Chinese waiter detail. Yeah, or the whole three rounds straight in China of Tammy and Victor being able to just smoothly go to every single location possible, and all the other teams have no choice but to follow them the whole time. That was fun to watch. I love setting you off on Amazing Race 14. Well, it is the worst season up until the Amazing Race 24 aired, so it's no surprise. Amazing Race 14 is essentially unwatchable television for me, and I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at no one. I'm laughing at no one. 16 was pretty close, but I know it was redeemable for you with Dan and Jordan winning. Yes, Dan and Jordan winning was completely faltered in the editing room, but 
as the story itself, and Dan and Jordan winning, is pretty awesome. But it wasn't Stephen Alley. It wasn't Stephen Alley, no. It wasn't, so that's another person, speaking of drinking, uh, yeah, Steve is a, a strong contender there. Oh, man, he wanted uh, liquor wherever he could go throughout the season. And all he got was 7-Up. And all he got was 7-Up, yeah. It was a dry season. It was a dry season. Did you notice that one of the shops in Atusco was called Zapatera? It was? Yeah, I'm really surprised that the shopkeeper was not Stephanie Valencia. Biggest survivor redemption all back ever. <laughs> That's my Stephanie impression. Well, I hope that you won't have time to actually learn a Stephanie Valencia impression, because hopefully she won't get voted back in. Speaking of which, would you ever drink that uh, 70-year-old recipe from uh, the mama there? Well, you know that I don't drink, so I would probably get quite worsted on it. At least Phil gave it a shot. Yeah, Phil's slowly turning into John Montgomery. I wonder if Phil suffers from ginger envy. He um, did an intro to the Highwire tasking Monaco on, actually on the Highwire. So he's slowly turning into Monty, and you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. At least it's not the same repetitive Phil Kogan that we've seen, much like the same repetitive flute soundtrack that played this week, which we always hear whenever there's a South American leg. Even Grant gets more involved than Phil does in most legs. And Grant just looks with contempt to everyone. Yeah. He is a miserable old, old guy. But Grant's just complete hatred of people is kind of hilarious when you're watching Amazing Race Australia. Because you have such great casts like Amazing Race Australia too, and then you just have Grant being like, I'm in it for the paycheck. F you guys, I don't actually care. Until the final leg when he's like, you're just the winners! <laughs> yeah, he gets, he saves, he balls up all that excitement. Probably, probably the fact that he's excited at the end because that means it's over and he doesn't have to host anymore. His grumpiness towards contestants is like about 30 years before Bob Barker started getting grumpy on The Price is Right. Where he just gets all irritable and says, ah, oh, just spin the wheel, damn it. And we learned something very important in this detail. Haley loves quinoa. I love quinoa. Yeah, you're a vegetarian, you don't count. I love quinoa, though. Peru, quinoa, love it. We didn't hear much from Haley purely because Blair was just speaking Spanish, and all we heard was just, quinoa, I love quinoa. She's basically the equivalent of Terry Loves Yogurt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm picturing him on The Amazing Race, in a, yo- in a yogurt field. And Jaylani and Jenny are really quite annoyed when the shopkeeper dumps all their potatoes. They were not happy. It's a spud spill. And Lauren Tyler and Matt and Ashley are both accidentally taken to Papa's when they wanted to go to Mama's. Speaking of Matt and Ashley, there's one thing I have to point out that really bugged me in the episode, where uh, Matt's chopping away at the sugar canes at the roadblock, and Ashley is saying, oh, Matt is making up so much time, as if she's Jack Probst. But what made it more frustrating is that she has no idea how much time it took the other teams to complete the sugarcane task. How does she know that Matt is going that much faster than everyone else before him? She never saw their time. She never knew how long they were they were there at the task. What we needed was Phil just standing there saying, has anyone ever cut sugarcane before? <laughs> yes. So that Matt could just put his hand up and go, I have. <laughs> Survivor Token Change reference again. Yeah. At least when Jenny was doing the sugarcane tasks, that you didn't have Bill there saying, you're not going to go get anywhere with that type of sugarcane chopping. Dig, woman! And then you have Allie and Steve uh, uh, paddling, uh, trying to paddle up the Andy somehow, and then Phil making fun of their paddling once again. Which way is downstream? And also, I know we talked a lot last season about potential winner's edits and calling Amy and Maya from the first Morocco leg with... A nice winner's quote. And I think I've finally found one. You have? Go on. Mike said, and I I quote this word for word, we treat people how we want to be treated. That is a classic Amy and Maya 
uh, winners edit quote. I was thinking about Mike and Rochelle with their with a potential winners edit too, because very early on we said they might be the last known couple of standing simply because they said, oh, we're the underdogs and we're the first team to beat the blind date couples, and they really put that into editing. But I still can't get behind them potentially winning from the edit simply because of how minimal their edit has been since the beginning. It's going to have to really pick up next week if I'm willing to flop my uh, vote at the last second. Um, with the Fitbit task, my favorite part, besides Blair and Haley entering the taxi and having a picture of King Jesus uh, on the window next to Haley, another uh, favorite part of mine is the dog on the roof. We see the dog multiple times. It's it's a lot more appealing seeing the dog on the roof than it was during the Papa's task, where I have no idea why they did this. But editors cut to the pigs about seven or eight times for half a second each time. It was like subliminal messaging for us to eat pork or to no longer make me nor Rochelle a vegetarian anymore. Just they repeatedly show the pigs rolling around, making weird noises another time, and then showing the two baby pigs being fed. I was surprised that they didn't cut to a clip from the movie Babe uh, just to drive home that point. The best bit about the appearance by the dog was that it was accompanied by barking as well. Yeah. I think there's another dog earlier on in the episode. When Jelani was entering the sugarcane field, they they cut to clouds, uh, sheep, and then a dog. Let's prove. They got to get their wildlife photos. The rustic feel. It's like Harvest Moon being uh, exported from Japan or America to the Amazing Race. With Jelani and Jenny as the as the city people that have returned home to take over their parents' farms. And now the most controversial bit of the episode. How dare Laura and Tyler spit on the potatoes to tell the differences. I'm outraged. I'm apoplectic with rage. Even though that was a legit strategy that they conceived in their minds to check what type of potato uh, that they had in their possession. Because... I mean, pouring, if they legitimately thought that, uh, you know, pouring water on it was the best way to tell, then next most logical thing when you've run out of water is to uh, spit, folks. Two things. One, it's a race for a million dollars. If it's against the rules, they will get penalised. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's no favoritism because it's technically a game show, so it's enshrined by game show laws. They have to be completely upfront and honest about everything. Number two... Who eats potatoes raw anyway? You don't eat them like an apple, you boil them. Unless you're Creed from The Office, where they switched out his apple for a potato to see if he would notice, and he bit into the potato regardless. I mean, seriously, who eats a potato raw and goes, ooh, I'm not even going to peel it, I'm just going to eat it, despite the fact that it'll probably have eyes in it. But yes, the best part about spitting on potatoes is that if you were one of the locals, you probably wouldn't be offended by them spitting on your potatoes because, well, other than the fact that the potatoes are paid for by production, you know it's just Americans doing a funny game show or reality competition, is that the locals are more going to be bewildered and confused as to why you are spitting on the potatoes in the first place. That For them, that was probably worth it to watch Americans spitting on potatoes in a task where you have to sort potatoes. And also, Laura and Tyler probably had the best strategy with that task anyway. It's not a good idea to sort through them first. You bring them all to where you need to sort them, and then sort them. 
I wish the task was also sponsored by Smarties. Have you ever had Smarties, Michael? I'm aware of that work. Uh, because uh, with Smarties, you're always told to eat the red ones last. That's the big question. So my question with sorting the potatoes is that if Smarties was involved, uh, do they sort the red potatoes last? What they would have done if this was a Maze Race Canada is sorting through Mentos. Yes. Fact. Go to this traditional Peruvian market and sort through this big pile of Mentos. Now I want Smarties. I don't even want Mentos. I want Smarties now. I think Smarties might be... I'm not sure if they even have Smarties in the States, but if you're an American and you're confused as to what Smarties are, it is uh, chocolate candies, essentially. It's essentially grouped with other chocolate bars. I think they have Smarties in America. I seem to remember I've seen them. Well, yeah, you have David Murphy. Uh, he has a really high IQ, so that's a that's a Smartie right there. Seriously, a third Redemption Island reference. <laughs> I was expecting one when we saw Zapateria. So it's Blair and Haley completing Mamas in first, Jelani and Jenny completing Papas in second, Michael and Michelle leaving Mamas in third, uh, Lauren Tyler with Papas in fourth, and Matt and Ashley in uh, last leaving Papas. And teams must now head to the pit stop for this leg of the race, the Virgen de la Puerta. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. I hear Connor and Jonathan are at the pit stop there. One last thing with the detour as well. How mean was it of production to give them uh, moonshine at 10,000 feet? That is really going to just make them quite bladdered. Yeah, it's good though. There was a lot of drinking this leg. You have drinking for Laura's 30th birthday. Uh, I don't know how that contributes to your fitness. And then, uh, even though this was the fitness Fitbit leg... um, and then, you know, they at the after the Fitbit task, they get rewarded with a juice drink where they're told how much more exercise they need to burn that unhealthy drink off. And then uh, here we are with Moonshine uh, before the pit stop. Luckily, no wonder this wasn't a self-drive leg. Imagine, imagine if this was a self-drive leg sponsored by a Ford, and we have several cases of drinking and driving throughout the course of the leg, and one car crashes right into the Andes. I know how you love mentioning the Fitbit adverts that Ben and I never see, but everything with Fitbit would just be redeemed if they could tell us what the breathalyzer results of all the teams were at the end of this leg. Blair and Haley and Mike and Rochelle had a blood alcohol level of 10. That's the equivalent of of, of 17 beers. <laughs> so it's Blair and Haley crossing the pit stop in first, and they get the privilege of winning a Fitbit fitness kit, including their choice of a gym membership or home fitness equipment and electronics to go with them. Seriously, if you won this prize, you would pick the home fitness equipment and then sell it. Sell that laptop. And also their BFFs, faux life. RX BFFs. BRXs. I must say, I love Blair and Haley's friendship. It's so sweet. And, you know, it sort of defies all the haters on the internet. I know that we're usually quite negative about teams, generally, apart from teams we like. But Haley, in particular, has been getting a lot of hate from the cat ladies, and it's nice to see her make a lifelong friend and basically say, I don't care about you haters. Pretty much. And it's Jaylani and Jenny in the friend zone in second. Luckily that Blair didn't say that Haley reminded him of his uh, 90, 99-year-old grandmother. That that could have been awkward. It's a good thing that editors put in the fact that Blair was referring to the Mama Moonshine Brewer lady. Maybe that'll be next week's Blair and Haley on Ed fight. You bike as fast as my 99-year-old grandma. 
That's what he said to her in the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. And Mike and Rochelle are in third place, and they are definitely not a part of Big Brother 6's friendship. And then Tyler goes on the hunt for virgins. <laughs> virgin? Where's the virgin? <laughs> Before Laura and Tyler check in in fourth place, leaving Matt and Ashley, their front-running partners, to be last place and eliminated. Oh, I can't believe those words came out of Tyler's mouth. I wonder if he did that intentionally, just because he always does that mildly douchey-type comedy like that. But, oh, man, just saying, Virgin, where's the Virgin? And then and then Laura looks all uneasy would have been the... Well, what have, what have made it seem ten times funnier is that you learned something new about Laura. But, uh... Logan, he was either looking for Bobby from Big Brother Canada 3 or some olive oil. If you don't get that reference, start watching Big Brother Canada 3. It's waking up now. It's waking up, Canada. And Matt and Ashley get to leave us with our only selfie of the like. It wasn't a selfie because none of them were taking that photograph. It was a, it was a, it was it was a photograph, not a selfie. But the best part about that quote unquote selfie was unimpressed Peruvian greeter. Yes, the unimpressed Peruvian pit stop greeter in that photo was probably one of the funniest last second things to air in a leg of the Amazing Race. And next time the battle is on for a spot in the finale, every decision, every mistake, every blatant surprise non-elimination for next week counts. And every breath we take. And every move we make. And every bum we break. Every step we take. Stink will be watching you, as will about six million Americans. <laughs> oh... And notice how in the next time bit, there was no mention of a spot in the final three being up for grabs next week. Yeah, they didn't explicitly say final three like they almost always do, so definitely the possibility of it being a final four as the as a, as a surprise for this cast is still a possibility, especially with the Amazing Race 25 uh, not yet finished airing on TV before, uh, before uh, the Amazing Race 26 started filming. So they can still catch him off guard. So, who do we think will be non-eliminated next week? I'm guessing probably Ford will still be around, Fitbit will be around, or the new sponsor uh, Fitspit by Laura and Tyler will also be around. And uh, Travelocity. I think Travelocity is going to make a strong impression in this uh, next leg. My prediction is that we're going to have a twist-o's twist and have Jeff and Lyda be brought back as the surprise fifth team in the final leg. Oh yeah, we still got to wait on that revival pass from Amazing Race China. I love how we're perpetuating this myth. We can't go a single Amazing Race podcast without mentioning the revival pass and how stupid it is. You know what the best part about this leg was at the very end is that when Matt and Ashley are, are uh, exiting, besides the selfie, is that Matt said, oh, we could have won the million. And I'm thinking, um, were we watching the same race with how over-the-top and pressured and panicky you guys were for the whole race? Yeah, fun fact, Matt and Ashley actually left with the same average as Mike and Michelle. It's 5.9 after 10 likes. That's a low average for lasting 10 rounds. The record for any team to get to the final five is 6.9, actually, as the team leaving in fifth place. And that was also after 10 likes. Interesting. You know what's interesting about Fitzpit is that for as much as Tyler Mara spit that they never got in dry mouth, like, imagine if Philip Shepard, of all people, had to do that task. He just he wouldn't be able to spit on the potatoes. Once the water was gone, that would be it for him. Well, he's a specialist at spitting on potatoes. The the spuddlest. Seriously, four references to Redemption Island Logan. Four. 
it's the season that no one wants to talk about. We talked about it for more than anything else in this podcast, including probably The Amazing Race. And I wish that when Matt was telling Ashley to not rip the bag of potatoes, that the bag of potatoes would proceed to rip as if it was Natalie's pants in that one detour from Amazing Race 21. You idiot! I can't believe you. Oh my god, Natty. And finally, are you still going with Laura and Tyler as your pick to win? Yes, unless Mike and Rochelle get a different edit within the next episode, in which case I will flop my vote at the last second in a Josh and Brent-esque manner. I think that it's going to be Haley and Blair. I think Mike and Roe are going to be second, with Jaylani and Jenny in third and Laura and Tyler in fourth. That's my prediction going into the last two legs. Yeah, Jenny Jenny and Jelani aren't really getting any sort of winners at it. I know that you think that Laura and Tyler win because of their massive amount of time, but they've been shown to slag off probably the fan favourite team and a team that everyone seems to love at least half of in Mike and Rowe and Blair and Haley respectively. They are getting the textbook fourth place edit of Ah, uh, these guys beat you. That would be my suspicion. But it's not, that type of edit isn't quite as strong as we see in the past, though. That's the thing. I think a lot of people like Tyler and Laura, and I believe that they are still relatively merry in the season, especially when they keep bashing on Haley and saying, oh, we're not going to invite the Bickersons out to drink tonight. And then you have all the viewers online saying, yeah, that's right, Haley does suck. Yeah, that's a Pianta dissing Haley. Also, it's very possible for Blair and Haley to become the team with the best average this season next week. Because the top three teams in average, Lauren, Tyler, Jelani, and Jenny, and Blair and Haley, are only three points apart. Remember remember that time when all the viewers said that Haley is useless, but yet she's completed four roadblocks by this point and hasn't faltered in any of them? Yeah, how many did Flo complete again? Uh, Flo, Nicole, Kim, and Christy... All completed one roadblock between uh, Amazing Race 3 and Amazing Race 5. And Flo also threatened to quit 20 times, and Haley has threatened to quit zero times. In fact, she's always upset with Blair because he's not doing enough to make sure that they're in first place. As opposed to Flo, who wants Zach to do things to make them last place. So basically, haters... Watch Amazing Race 3, then watch Amazing Race 26. You're wrong. You were wrong, okay, so shut up. You've been screwing up my uh, game from day one. Get you, go home, goodbye. So, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back for a more Amazing Race next week. You can also join us to cover Big Brother Canada every Friday. If you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, please give us a like on YouTube. And if you want to see what we're rambling about this week, the Twitters are in the description down below. Thank you again. Hashtag 250, hashtag Grey Ninja, Ginger, Ninja. Peace. What's that a reference to?